Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBury podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBury, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Market Analyst Roman Zaruk. So this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We aim to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them, and give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. So it's the 14th of July and we're back for episode five of FX Talk. We have a number of very interesting topics for you today, beginning with our thoughts ahead of a busy week of European policy announcements. We'll also be talking about what has been behind the recent uptrend in Euro dollar. And as we always do, end of our spotlight currency for the week, which this week is sterling. But before we get into that, a summary of the week that was in the FX market and what to look out for in the coming days. The euro has continued HR in the past week, running to a one-month high as investors fret about the impact of rising US virus cases on the US economy. Sterling, on the other hand, has erased some of its recent gains and is now trading back where it was early last week. We attribute this to Brexit jitters ahead of a crucial week of negotiations intended to break the apparent impasse between the UK and the EU. Volatility looks set to return to the markets this week. We'll have a host of data releases, notably US retail sales, and the UK Labour report. Then on Thursday, the European Central Bank will be announcing its latest policy decision, followed by a two-day meeting of EU leaders on Friday and Saturday, which could yield news on the bloc's proposed 750 billion euro fiscal stimulus package. Now, with that out of the way, on with the podcast. So we'll start with what's said to be a very busy week in the FX market, aside, of course, from the latest virus numbers. Uh, investors have a host of economic data releases to digest this week, particularly out of the US, notably retail sales and industrial production. But arguably more important than those will probably be the key European policy announcements later in the week. EU leaders will be meeting for their two-day summit on Friday and Saturday with the proposed 750 billion euro fiscal rescue package likely to be top of the agenda. In the meantime, though, we have the European Central Bank, which will be announcing its latest policy decision on Thursday afternoon. We actually think that'll be one of the more low-key announcements we've seen from the Central Bank uh, in a number of months. The bank did, of course, ramp up its asset purchase program as recently as June, um, and has had very little room to cut interest rates from current negative levels. So a change in policy this Thursday seems highly unlikely. But attention in the market will probably be more on uh, comments from President Lagarde. And notably, we think whether or not she'll talk up recent improvements we've seen in European economic data, which have actually suggested that a recovery in the euro area economy may be slightly closer to a V-shape than initially thought. I think it'll also be interesting to, to hear our thoughts on what more can be done to support the euro area economy. Of course, namely whether or not she calls on the EU leaders and European governments to expand their fiscal stimulus packages. We think that if she both talks up improvements in, in European data and calls on more fiscal spending, then we could see a little bit of strength uh, in the euro later this week. But I'll turn it over to you guys now. So what do you, what do you expect policy-wise out of Europe this week? Do you think perhaps a low-key ECB meeting with more attention on the EU summit on Friday, perhaps? Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, the, the ECB has done certainly a lot in the last couple of meetings. And I think they will be happy to, um, to sit back keep um, monetary policy essentially unchanged and uh, wait for the European Union summit uh, later in the week 
to to pick up the slack and take the lead in, in providing fiscal stimulus to the European economy. I think that you're right. That the main question is how how much of a turn towards optimism will we see uh, from Lagarde uh, in the conference, the press conference after after the uh, the measures are announced? Uh, inevitably, uh, she will be asked about how. Um, the PMIs and other indices seem to be uh, surprising to the upside and whether the uh, downside, whether the downside scenarios um, that the ECB is working on are perhaps too pessimistic. Yes, so I generally don't think that anybody accepts anything from the ECB right now because uh, the previous meeting has been just so filled with information and we've got this surprise with a slightly higher uh, expansion of the PEPP program. Uh, So I think that uh, the reaction of the euro uh, might actually be, uh, well, uh, very little to it, uh, especially considering that the common currency has already rallied uh, starting this week uh, and it's uh, actually uh, at 114, uh, which is a relatively high level compared to what we have seen uh, throughout uh, most of the current year. Uh, but I think that uh, this is linked not with the ECB, but maybe more with the optimism regarding the uh, s- this uh, support program that the European Commission has proposed. And on the other hand, uh, there's also, uh, I think, some negative news from the US, uh, which started hurting the dollar. Uh, And those are especially uh, the news regarding the coronavirus numbers. So right now, not only the numbers are breaking the record highs, not only daily case numbers, but also the deaths, uh, which is, uh, well, they're they're not breaking records, but they have noticeably increased uh, from from what we have seen a a few weeks ago, uh, which is uh, definitely not a good development. And I think that it might uh, derail uh, to a certain extent the uh, reopenings. This is already derailing reopenings, but it might derail the prospects for a faster economic recovery in the US. But to fully assess it, I think we'll have to wait for the uh, July's PMI numbers and generally the also the hard data that will be out. But yeah, you know, I think we're in an unusual position actually this week where we've got the two big European policy announcements uh, scheduled, obviously the ECB meeting on Thursday and then the, the, the EU summit, I think probably take on slightly more importance. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's still relatively touch and go as to whether this 750 billion fiscal re- rescue plan will actually be forced through this week. Um, still facing a little bit of stiff opposition from the so-called frugal four. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think generally if we're optimistic that it will be pushed through at some point, whether that be this week or, or later on. I think there's enough political support, particularly from the bigger nations, like Germany, France, um, to, to force this fiscal rescue package through at some point. Um, it's whether or not, I think it's largely priced into the market or not. I think should we get some sort of agreement this week that we may see a little bit of a move higher in the euro, although I don't expect that to be necessarily a knee-jerk or a significant move, given that I think investors are largely braced for it. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the investors were not being optimistic enough uh, back Sunday night when we were like a, a figure lower in the euro dollar. I think right now, uh, probably a, a large uh, portion of the recent rally that was in the euro in the last couple of days is to do with uh, investors pricing in a more optimistic outcome from this European Union summit. I see essentially no chance that the, the frugal four will uh, 
be able to or even want to derail uh, the uh, fiscal package. Uh, I think that um, the, the, the agreement between Germany, France, Spain, and Italy is sufficient to really push through any package that, that needs to be uh, pushed through in the, in the Eurozone. So I'm very optimistic about uh, the meeting in the next two days. And I still think that there, there may be some room to rally in the Euro in the, over the medium term. This week, we've already seen a strong move, so perhaps it's already priced in. But definitely, this is good news uh, about the Eurozone and the prospect for Eurozone recovery, which uh, in my mind are starting to contrast more and more with the... Uh, with the uh, haphazard and insufficient response to the, uh, to the virus that we're seeing on the other side of the Atlantic in the U.S. I mean, it's not just the, uh, the explosion of new cases, the uh, reopenings, following by reimposition of lockdowns. Uh, we have this extra $600 a week in un- unemployment benefits that have been so critical to maintaining U.S. incomes. They expire this month, and the, the effort to postpone them does not to to, uh, to prolong them does not seem to be gathering momentum in the U.S. Congress. So I, I, I think that if that uh, the uh, complement unemployment benefits is allowed to expire, we may see uh, another leg up in the euro dollar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned euro dollar. I think that leads on to our next topic really, really quite well, which is of course the euro dollar and that recent move that, as you said, we've witnessed in the pair. Which is now around or close to the 114 level uh, euro against the dollar, which is around its strongest position uh, in about a month. And it, we appear to have seen a, a bit of a shift in investors' view towards these high and rising virus numbers, which have continued to hit record highs in the, in the past few days. And concerns really um, around these numbers are now being reflected in a bit of a weaker US dollar rather than um, safe haven flows into the greenback. Um, so I think if you look at you know, US virus numbers at the beginning, I guess at the beginning of the outbreak in the short term, we saw uh, you know, increased virus numbers and a worsening in the general market sentiment, which led to a sell-off in risk assets, of course, and merger markets, for instance, sold off and the dollar rallied. Actually, now I think we're seeing um, a, a bit of a shift in, in that view. Now we're seeing consistent record highs in those virus numbers. And there's a, a real threat, I think, um, investors are fearing that it could be potentially more wider spread for long lockdowns in the US, which could potentially, in some more medium long term, um, have a damaging impact on the US economy and cause it to potentially lag the rest of the world, namely Europe, of course, which is um, controlling the virus very well at the moment. Um, and that could potentially be a bad news for the dollar, of course. Um, what, Roman, what do, what do you think about that, the move are in euro dollar? Yeah, so I generally think that it has a lot to do with the diverging stance uh, from the United States and the Eurozone countries in terms of the support for their economies. And I'm also uh, pretty certain that this fiscal package in in the form of a uh, 500 billion uh, grants and 250 billion euros worth of loans will be approved sooner or later, hopefully sooner. Uh, I'm not certain whether this will be achieved this week, but I think that there are clear signs that the European Commission is nearing uh, nearing it. And those signs are the fact that they have actually uh, kneeled a little bit to those uh, frugal four countries. 
have uh, introduced those uh, rebates, uh, which will be positive for them and positive for Germany as well. Uh, there is also a slight uh, decrease in the uh, whole uh, European budget, uh, which will also be discussed during the summit, uh, which is also, uh, I think, positive for those countries. And generally, I think that, so this is one of the key things. Another key thing is the divergence between the virus numbers in the United States and Eurozone. Uh, in the Eurozone countries, we have also seen a slight uptick in the coronavirus uh, daily cases, but this has not been really nothing, this has been, this has been nothing compared to what we are seeing in the US, and especially if we include the death numbers. So there is a difference here. And I don't think that the dollar is even uh, reacting strongly as a safe haven to the negative news uh, on the US-China front that we have witnessed recently. So we have seen a little bit of a sell-off in the euro dollar uh, late uh, yesterday and uh, today in the morning it was uh, relatively weak, but then it showed up again and it's right now at 114. So I think that investors are really putting a lot of emphasis on this uh, Friday meeting uh, at the European Union summit. And I believe that this is one of the key drivers right now uh, for the euro dollar and considering the inaction uh, in the United States regarding this uh, another fiscal package or the prolonging of the $600 benefits, uh, I think that the euro could have a leg up uh, because of it going forward. Yeah, I think there's a, a factor that you mentioned there. I think we talked about last week, we also begin to see that increase in the, in the moving average of new US deaths caused by the virus, which also we, we didn't see right at the beginning um, or in the last few weeks of the outbreak anyway. It's only just started to move higher, which again, can be attributed a little bit to this move by that we're seeing in Euro dollar. I think we'll now move on um, and finish the, the podcast this week with our Spotlight Currency of the Week, which this week is the UK pound. And now we tend to focus mostly on exotic emerging market currencies during the Spotlight section that we've done in the past few weeks. But we're going to shine a light on the, on the pound today, given some recent interesting moves that we've seen in the currency in the, in the past few days or so. It's been a generally good month for the, for the pound uh, so far. The currency rallied to around about its highest level in a month against the US dollar last week, although it's actually diverged with risk assets so far this week um, and has fallen back below the 125 level at the time of recording. Um, so, so what do you guys both think uh, about uh, regarding this divergence between the pound and, and risk assets this week? Why do you think we've seen sterling sell off when we've seen other risk assets rallying? I mean, I think that what we're seeing is a very interesting, uh, I think, uh, uh, divergence uh, between different currencies according to how well they're handling or they're perceived to be in handling the, the pandemic. Uh, so in part is that. We've seen that, for instance, in the, the Mexican peso and the Brazilian real are also selling off even though emerging market currencies as a whole are holding on well. So I think that markets are starting to distinguish between the effectiveness of its country's response to the pandemic. And in the UK in particular, we have, um, uh, for the first time in a while, we have some negative data. Today's data was actually pretty bad. I'm looking at, at, uh, at the monthly GDP and pretty much everything, industrial production, construction, they all rebounded far less than expected. So I think it's a combination of the two. The, uh, economic underperformance and the perception that the UK has not done as good a job in dealing with the pandemic as, as, uh, as uh, the most European countries. 
Well, I think it. Well, today it could have something to do with the negative news regarding the the GDP because what we have witnessed is a very small increase to what was expected. However, I would also think that some of it could be just profit taking after last week because last week the sterling rallied. I think in relation with the Rishi Sunak's announcement of the mini budget and a general positive assumption of the market regarding it. So uh, I think it would be a little bit of profit taking, a little bit of uh, negative economic data. Uh, but and I don't necessarily think that the sentiment towards the risky assets is positive this week, because what I'm seeing is a, a great divergence between all of those currencies right now. And it's, it's not a clear trend to me. And therefore, I don't think that the, the sterling is uh, really moving against the others right now, at least uh, it's not, uh, shouldn't be supported by the broader sentiment in this context, at least. Uh, so uh, its reaction is uh, mostly idiosyncratic, but I think that generally the, the risky assets are moving in an idiosyncratic manner right now. Yeah, no, I agree, agree with both those points. I think, yes, slightly weaker data today, um, under short expectations and a little bit of profit taking, perhaps a little bit of sell-off we sort of saw in sterling today. I think pound as well is interesting. Well, the problem with sterling at the moment, as of course, is every time we see a bit of good news, whether that be an easing in the UK lockdown or signs of a pickup in UK data, that seems to be quickly followed soon after by downbeat Brexit headlines, which is the elephant in the room at the moment, really. And we're almost getting sort of two steps forward in the pound, one step back. There's Brexit uncertainty. We're not like to go anytime soon. Still seems to be differences on, on both sides of the UK-EU negotiations as the clock ticks down to the end of the transition period at the end of this year. But actually, I think if you look at the UK economy, I think it, it's bouncing back okay. Uh, GDP data this morning obviously disappointed, but I think, of course, that was for the month of May before the easing of the lockdown took place. And actually, if you look at the, the June data, retail sales was pretty good. The PMIs have bounced back well. I think the UK economy is on, on a decent track at the moment. The problem is, of course, Brexit. But once hopefully we get some positive news on Brexit later in the year, which we think we will, I, I think personally, I think we'll start to see more sustained rallies uh, in sterling um, uh, as we go throughout the year, particularly against the dollar. Uh, to be honest, I'm still, I'm still digesting to these numbers and I, I hear your point about them being May as therefore being lagged, but uh, I think it's still given, given the upheaval of the last few months, it's still an open question how reliable the PMIs are as indicators of growth, both in the downward direction and the upward direction. And the fact that we're starting to develop this, um, this gap between what the PMIs are telling you and what the actual hard data is telling you, uh, it's, I consider it to be a bit worrisome. Uh, I'm definitely looking for further data to confirm this, but um, even though it is lacked, uh, GDP data is the most authoritative uh, measure of a uh, country's economic performance. And the UK is one of the few countries that is able to release that on a monthly basis. So in that sense, I do think that today's monthly GDP release for May is, is quite meaningful and uh, makes me slightly less optimistic than I was before this data came out. And that just about does it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets, visit eBreeze website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics 
you would like to hear more on during upcoming podcasts. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a week's time. Thank you all very much for listening.